The recent release of the new Left Behind movie has critics, Christians, and non-believers talking. Today, we speak with the movie's producer, Paul Lalonde. We also catch up with author of the new devotional, Nourishments, Deborah Buckingham. This is the 36th episode of On Faith's Edge. This is Daryl Strawberry. And this is Tracy Strawberry, and you're listening to On Faith's Edge with Joe Taylor. This is On Faith's Edge, where engaging, enlightening, and entertaining content brings us closer to living an authentic faith. We'll talk faith and life with people in business and entertainment as we work out the space where God and life collide on Faith's Edge. And now your host, Joe Taylor. Yes, sir. Thank you, Mr. Announcer Guy. (laughs) welcome 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 i am really glad you're here we have another good one for you today if you are a fan of the left behind book series you are going to love my conversation with paul lalonde first thessalonians 4 16 and 17 for the lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of god and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we who are alive and remain and, and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Hi, welcome to On Faith's Edge. My name is Joe Taylor, recovering atheist and your servant in Jesus Christ. This is your place to hear conversations with people of faith in business and entertainment from all walks of life and levels of success. They all have one thing in common. Like Paul Lalonde, they believe in God and they come here to talk about it. Last episode, we spoke with Daryl and Tracy Strawberry. Now, many of you know Daryl Strawberry as the legendary Major League Baseball player, several times all-star, I don't know, five or six World Series rings, maybe more than that. Uh, But this guy fought some serious demons in his life. He and his wife, Tracy, uh, Tracy's a successful CEO in her own right, They open up about their faith and marriage, and they talk about their new book, The Imperfect Marriage. And it's a it's a really good book. I think it's a a really important book, too. You can hear our conversation at onfaithsedge.com slash 35. That's onfaithsedge.com slash 35. Well, we kind of have a two parter today. Uh, I first talk with movie producer Paul Lalonde to discuss the newly released movie Left Behind. And then later in the show, we catch up with Deborah Buckingham. Now, Deborah's a good friend to the show, and she's become a good friend uh, friend of mine. And her new book, Nourishments, the uh, devotional, and I'm not a big fan of devotionals, but I like this one. Uh, her, her new book, uh, Nourishments, has just hit the stores, which means that uh, it's, you know, of course, it's available on Amazon and, and through her website, but it's it's now through several uh, Christian bookstores and other bookstores nationwide. So we look forward to that conversation. But again, first I sit down with Paul Lalonde to discuss the newly released movie Left Behind, and it looks like it's really going to be a good movie. Paul is a pioneering producer and writer of movies in the apocalyptic thriller genre. In 2012, Paul formed Stony Lake Entertainment in order to fulfill his dream of creating a production company that focuses on producing big-budget faith-themed films for a wider audience. Paul reveals how how and why Academy Award winner Nicolas Cage signed on to the picture. 
Then we discuss his own faith journey and his passion behind the reimagining, and uh, that's the word he uses, reimagining of the Left Behind movie series. So let's first go right into our conversation with Paul Lalonde. Hello, Paul. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for coming out to talk to us. I really, really appreciate it. Well, let's get right to it. We are here to talk to you, Paul, about the the much anticipated Left Behind movie. Uh, I guess the first question that I have for you is uh, this is a reboot from it seems like a reboot from a uh, from a series. Uh, what, 20 years ago? Uh, almost about 15 years ago now. And, and of course, you were involved in, in those movies as well. That's right. Okay. I was a writer and producer on all of the first Left Behind movies. So the first question, the first question, Paul, is um, why the reboot? Well, for one thing, I wanted to, uh, and really the main reason for, the, uh, for, for starting over again was I had a much bigger vision um, this time around. I really wanted a movie that was going to uh, share the story, share Bible prophecy, share the rapture uh, in particular with a much broader audience. And the fact is that, that faith-based films in general, and, and that certainly includes the eight that I've done, uh, have largely preached to the choir. And that's, uh, that's an important distinction that we've tried to do this time is we've tried to bring up the production values, bring up the level of acting, and, uh, and to just overall make a much better movie so that it could be enjoyed by a wider audience. And, and I know a lot, of, a lot of Christians like to think that the secular world hates Christian movies because they're Christian. They, they more often hate Christian movies because they're not very good. Right. And, uh, and, and Noah was a, a good example that the secular audience isn't going to stay away just because it's something based on the Bible. Right. The, the, the world at large doesn't have a big problem with, uh, with movies based on the Bible. They just would like them to be good movies. Right. High production value, good acting. Yeah. Um, no booms in the set, things like that. That kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. So you have, uh, I think one of the, in the, in the original series, uh, you had uh, largely uh, Christian act- actors and actresses, right? Well, not, not really. Certainly no more in the, in the first movies than, than in this movie. Okay. Okay. Um, there, there were Christians in, involved in both movies, but it certainly wasn't uh, an exclusive uh, requirement of being involved in, in either movie. Gotcha, gotcha. So take us, uh, take us through how this movie, uh, how this, uh, let's just call it a brand new series, uh, because I get the sense that it's not going to be a reboot or a remake. It's, it's going to be a... Um, a reimagining. A reimagining. What a great way to put it. Uh, take us through this movie. What what can people expect? Well, what makes this movie different than the first movie is this movie is about the day of the rapture. This entire movie takes place on the day of the rapture. So while the first uh, Left Behind movie with Kirk Cameron, uh, the first movie in the series covered the entire first book in the Left Behind series. So that, that was a, a significant tome that we had to try and adapt. Um, we covered a lot of ground and we, we were done the rapture in a couple of minutes and then we were on with the rest of the story. This time around, it's a, a real time uh, envisioning of, of the day of the rapture and the entire movie takes place on that day. So it's a, a very different approach this time around and a, a very different story and a very different theatrical experience than it was last time did you approach nicholas cage the the fact is i'm a big nicholas cage fan yeah. and uh i decided 
why not? Let's, uh, let's try. And we, we uh, were very persistent to try and get the script in front of him. It's, uh, it's a challenge reaching out to, to any of those guys, and especially when you have a, a movie that can be perceived as a, a faith-based movie because uh, it's no secret to people in Hollywood that faith-based usually means low budget, low production value, and, and why would you want to be uh, have your people involved in something like that? So the big challenge was getting them to, to look at the script in the first place, but, uh, but they did look at the script. Um, some people in his camp, they decided, wow, this is not what we expected at all. This is a great script. We think Nick would like it. And uh, they presented it to him. And uh, two or three days later, he came back and said, yeah, I'd like to do it. And uh, once I picked myself up off the floor and couldn't believe we have Nick Cage, <laughs> um, that, was, that was probably the most exciting day in this, uh, this entire experience. So what, what was it, if you, if, you got a, if you got the chance to ask him, uh, what was it that hooked him in? Well, a couple of things. Number one, his brother's a pastor, and uh, when he told his, his brother about this movie, uh, his brother knew about the Left Behind books, and, and he told him, I remember him telling me that his brother called him and said, Nicky, Nicky, you got to do this movie. This yeah. is really cool. So, uh, so that, that was part of it. But I think what attracted him to the script was that there was a great focus on, on a family story, and, and this was... Uh, this was about a guy whose, uh, whose wife has become a Christian, um, a very evangelical Christian, long, long time after they got married. And so it's, it's been a strain on the family. And a lot of people can relate to that, whether it's, uh, you know, whether it's religion or any other thing where, where families are, are in a little bit of uh, a strained situation. And, uh, and Nick really liked that. He really liked the idea that it was about family, it was about the importance of family, about the need to stay together, about the need to, to share your values and, and hear each other out. And, and he was great about, uh, you know, about really getting into that aspect of the story. So it was, uh, it was appealing to him on that level. Plus, he'd never uh, played a pilot before. Okay. <laughs> so uh, he, in, in the 12 million movies that he's done, he's never actually had to fly a plane. And uh, he was he was really excited about that, and he uh, he asked us to bring in a flight instructor from from Atlanta who teaches pilots to fly planes, and he sat with him for a couple of days and went through and taught him all the here's the buttons you push and what you do, and and Nick is a a real professional, a real perfectionist, and he wanted to make sure don't don't hit the button for the lights if you want to lower the landing gear, not that it mattered, right, I mean, right, but uh, but it was important to him, and and so he really. He really brought his A game this time, and and I was thrilled about that too. He was he was just fantastic. It was it was one of his best performances. So he treated this as a as as a high budget, um, a high budget movie, just not some side project that he decided to do because his dad his his brother is a pastor. That's right, and uh, and and that was a concern. Uh, it wouldn't be a concern now that I that I know Nick. Um, but at the time, I knew nothing about him, and and you're waiting for his limousine to show up, and and the 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 crazy Nick Cage that you see on the internet um, that people have have imagined this guy to be that's that's not who he is at all he's he's a very a very normal down to earth family man he's he's a really cool guy and uh, and so that was wonderful but no he came in and he really took this seriously and he really he really did a bang up job and there's some there's some emotional scenes in the movie where where he had people on the set crying. 
Um, and he was he was just superb. And and like I say, it it was really one of my favorite Nick Cage performances I've seen. He was he was great. Outstanding. So now that the mo- the movie is done and uh, ready for release in October of this year, 2014, it's going to open up to 1,800 theaters uh, across North America. Uh, how do you feel? How do you feel about the movie when it's now that it's all said and done and uh, are you are you satisfied with it? Or are you are you are you excited that it's 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 finally coming out? I, I am excited. It's it's been a long journey, and it's uh, it's been a, a difficult process putting the movie together because you have to sit and watch the movie a thousand times, and I I literally could recite it from beginning to end, um, just just sitting here, and it's uh, it, it gets hard when it, it's like if you're a writer. Uh, you, you, if you're working on a screenplay and I go through this all the time, you just keep reading it over and over and over again. And, and you have your ups and downs. Some days you say, well, I love this. It's great. And some days you think this whole thing should be in the garbage. <laughs> and, uh, and so it's a difficult journey and, and you're watching the movie with a lot of holes in it. And so the, the visual effects and stuff that the animation companies are working on, those aren't in there and so you'll just have little squares on the screen saying exploding car or whatever and and you don't have it there and so uh so when you finally do get to sit down and see it finished with the with the sound done the music in there the the visual effects in place it was it was really exciting and uh we had the opportunity to show the movie to uh to tim lahay and jerry jenkins which was uh which was a very nerve-wracking day. I was I was chewing my fingernails that day. Yeah. Um, wondering what are these guys going to think because I, I mean it's their work that you're adapting and uh, and I wanted to make sure that that those guys liked it and uh, and they both did. They loved it. They gave uh, great endorsements and uh, Jerry's you know been on social media and talking up the movie and he comes on our Facebook page and answers fan questions and uh, and he's been really supportive. So that 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 gave me a big boost knowing if, it, if it's good enough for those guys, everyone's going to be happy. Well, 2014 certainly seems to be the year of the Christian movie, doesn't it? Well, it does. And, uh, certainly, I mean, Christian movies aren't new, but good Christian movies are something new. And, uh, and I think we're seeing a little bit of that now. I think there's also a little bit of, uh, of coincidence that, that there happened to be, you know, three successful movies in, in a row. Um, and so suddenly it became the year of the Bible movie four, actually, I forgot about Noah. And, uh, and so it is, and it's exciting to see, it's exciting to see that they are having uh, box office success mm-hmm. because that means, uh, investors are going to, uh, you know, to be able to step up a little bit. And that's always the challenge for any independent filmmaker, but, uh, I think every faith-based filmmaker can relate to it. It's hard to get the money. It's hard. It's hard to get those people to to write the big seven-figure checks that you need to make these movies, and uh, and the success that uh, that we've seen at the box office with with Son of God and and with Noah and Heaven Is for Real. Um, it's been it's been great for everybody, and I think it's it's a step in the right direction for faith-based filmmakers to start raising the bar a little bit and to start making better movies, start hiring stronger cast and, uh, and start telling better stories where, where your message is still there, but it's organic to the story. It doesn't feel forced in there. You don't have to preach at people um, in order to, to reach out. And, and the other thing I want to see is I would like to see non-Christians 
watching these movies. And the truth is that up until now, faith-based movies, it's only Christians watching them. And uh, as much as you'd like to think, and I was in that boat for many years, I, I've, I've made eight movies so far. Um, this is the ninth. You're always thinking this is great. All kinds of unsaved people are going to see this thing and uh, and have conversion experiences. And the truth is, no, they're not. They're, it's Christians watching the movies. Some people that Christians have dragged to see the movies, the uh, the reluctant spouse and, and kids and that kind of thing. But that's the, you're still preaching to the choir. And, uh, right. and until, until Christians recognize we have to make better movies and we have to make bigger movies and Christians deserve better movies than they've been getting. And there's no reason that we can't step up and, and bring things to a new level. So I'm excited about that. You know, uh, every Christian film or every film based on the Bible, they have those critics, those critics that want it, that want the story to be exactly as it's, as it's portrayed in the Bible, exactly as it's told in the Bible, you get letters saying, well, you know, and, and I'm not making light of that. I think you do have to be biblically accurate, uh, but you also have to tell a story. Um, you know, you have those people that will say, well, you know, I'm not sure Noah held that hammer in his left hand. I think he held sure. it in his right hand. And some of it is not as trivial, trivial as that, trivial as that, um, like rock people and Noah. I mean, I think there's some room for criticism there. So my question for you, Paul, is there anything in this movie uh, that you're that that you think Christians will say? Um, come on, really? No, I don't think so. Uh, th now, the, the thing about the, the rapture and the day of the rapture is there's not that much uh, biblical fulfillment that you have to do. Uh, a bunch of people disappear, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> so, so there's not a what lot the? of... Uh, yeah, so <laughs> there's not a lot of, uh, of ground to cover in that sense. It's going to become more challenging later in the series when, when you have lots of of prophetic interpretations and, and things that people are going to disagree on. But I think there's there's nothing wrong with, with some artistic license. Um, I'm good with that. And uh, and I saw Noah and, and I, I mean, the rock monsters, who cares? Right. Uh, I, I mean, I have to say I laughed out loud when <laughs> <laughs> when it happened. But uh, but who cares? Right. It, it, it's just a, a reimagining and it's a it's a. A modern age and it's great that that you're doing things to draw people in in terms of the the core messaging of, of Noah saving the world from God um, I wasn't a big fan of that and I thought that's right. uh, that's that's conveying the wrong message when you didn't need to right. the movie could have been just fine without monkeying around with the with the fundamentals but uh, overall we you know, there's that, that segment of the population at, at both ends of the normal curve that they're never going to be happy no right. matter what you do. You can't make a movie godly enough for this group of people, and you can't have too little religion for this right. end of the spectrum. And you have to just say, and this is, you know, when, when we were first writing the script, uh, we sat down and said, forget about those people. Who cares? We're, we're not reaching them no matter what we do. Yep forget about them and let's just make a movie that people can enjoy and and that's something that that we need to do as i said about in all the faith-based movie world is make a story with a message don't say here's my message now make up some story so we can keep people in the seats so i can present my message and that's what the heavy-handed christian movies right. do and it just it it just feels forced it feels awful and and people People don't want to see that uh, outside 
of that little audience. I think there's actually, I think there's something cool. We talked about the rock people while we're on the subject. I think there's something cool about people, uh, a movie that, that causes people to just open their Bibles to say, are there really rock people in the Bibles? (laughs) Okay. They're going to find out there may not be, but yeah, there may not not be either, you know, Absolutely. Um, but it causes people, if it causes people to, to open up their Bible and kind of look into what, what this God thing's all about, I think that's a pretty good thing, Paul. I, I agree with that. And that's the, uh, the ultimate objective for, for Left Behind was to have people walk out and say, wow, is that really in the Bible? Because Noah's Ark, everybody knows about Noah's Ark. Right. Everybody, perhaps they don't, they don't know the, the biblical details, but everybody knows about Noah's Ark and they know it's in the Bible. Not everybody in the mainstream world knows about the rapture, and I think a, a lot of people are going to walk out and say, whoa, and there's a, a great opportunity there because we all, you know, struggle with trying to, uh, to, to share our faith with people who don't want to hear it. And we all know how, uh, how that goes over nine times out of 10. And it's a bit of a challenge. And, and I think what's great about uh, a movie like this, and it's a, a big movie, a Nicolas Cage movie, is that I think uh, a, lot of, a lot of people are going to come at it the other way around. And suddenly people are going to come up to the Christian people and say, hey, I just saw this movie. Is that true? Is that really in there? And, and I think it's going to open a lot of doors. And, and I think prophecy has always done that. And that's always been my focus. Well, I'm a big Nicolas Cage fan. And, and I, for one, cannot wait for this movie to come out, Paul. <laughs> this is, this, I'm really excited about this. I'm excited about the production value. I'm, uh, I'm excited about the story being told. And I'm excited about, uh, about who's behind it, you and, and the endorsement from the authors. Uh, it sounds like it's going to be a great, Great movie, and I for one cannot wait, brother. Can we talk? You and a, me both. Can we talk a few? Yeah, I bet you. <laughs> I bet you'll be glad to put this baby to bed, huh? Yeah. <laughs> can we talk a little bit about you, Paul, sure. and about your faith? Sure. Uh, you are. Uh, you're a believer in Jesus Christ. I'm assuming. Absolutely. Okay. How did you come to faith? Through Bible prophecy, curiously enough. And, really. Uh, and my brother was uh, was a Christian before I was, uh, way back thirty some years ago. Um, he was my older brother, uh, still is. <laughs> um, but I, I had uh, I had great respect for him. We uh, we we had grown up as uh, not just brothers, but as as best friends, and uh, and I always had great respect for him. And we even went to the same university. And uh, he he became a Christian. Um, that it just happened when when we had gone our separate ways. And so he had he had been trying to get me to. Uh, to join him and and work with him in this uh, this little prophecy newsletter ministry that that he had and he was running out of my parents' basement and uh, he he was he was constantly saying you got to come up we got to build this together this would be so cool and it, it was prophecy that I was interested in and so I, I remember saying to him on a million occasions. Um, this prophecy stuff's great. Talk to me more about the rapture, about the mark of the beast. Knock it off with the Jesus stuff. Um, keep that to yourself. But I, I'm interested <laughs> in the prophecy stuff. And and through that process, you you come to realize that you, you can't separate the two. You can't just say, you know, I like this prophecy stuff, but I'm going to completely dismiss the other stuff. And and once you realize that, that prophecy is real and that so many prophecies have been fulfilled and and that the... The evidence is very much in place that we are living in the last days. Um, once you once you start putting those things together, it, it makes it harder and harder to ignore the reality. And 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 really, until you do, 
finally accept the reality and, and accept Jesus, you it shines a whole new light on everything. It gives you it gives you better spiritual discernment and and it gives you better understanding. And so uh, so we we went on together for many many years uh, making movies. We had a television program called This Week in Bible Prophecy that was on for uh, for many years on TBN. And uh, it, I've just always I've always loved prophecy because I always found it as a way to reach out to people intellectually because. It's not easy to reach unbelievers who aren't on a spiritual journey. It's it's one thing, you know, the the you know, the parents of the kid with cancer or or the guy, you know, who's just faced tragedy in his life or his marriage is falling apart or they're looking for something more. Th those people, you know, you can get with a spiritual message, but the people who are just, you know, making fun of Christianity or or mocking it or have no interest in it whatsoever, um Prophecy is a way to reach out to those people and to get people thinking, to get people talking, to get people discussing it, and uh, and that's what the Left Behind books were were very successful with. Um, the Left Behind movies less so because they remained a Christian phenomenon. The books managed to cross over somewhat, um, but uh, but not like this movie will. I don't believe. Right, right. So uh, you've been a believer for how long? 25 years, 25 years, 25 years. Um, have you ever had a time as a believer, Paul, that you questioned your faith after you came to belief in Jesus Christ? Absolutely. Have you had a time where you questioned your faith yesterday? Yesterday. I, I mean, the, I always say, I love this honesty, man. I'll tell you why. I mean, I don't want to interrupt you, but uh, I call myself a recovering atheist and, right. and my <laughs> gift is the gift of doubt. And <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. And, and my wife, Karen, I love her. God bless her soul. But she has an amazing faith, the amazing gift of faith. And I, I just I, I had to chuckle and I had to laugh and I had to share that part of part of myself with you when you said yesterday. So tell yeah. me, <laughs> tell me about that. Well, you know, I, I've always there. There are the few. But I think I, I always like to say that uh, that 90 percent of Christians question their faith at one time or another and 10% lie and the you know when I when I first became a believer and and especially when I was first trying to become a believer I was spending 90% of my prayer time praying for faith and right. it was always you know you'd go into a church and the, the, you'd see that guy in the front row the guy whose eyes are closed and arms waving in the air and you think I want what he's got um it, you know it's like you could place an order right um, but but the truth is it's uh, it's it's a difficult uh, a difficult journey sometimes and it's hard to let go and it's hard not to question it and I don't think God holds it against anybody for uh, for questioning it and the the you know the grain of mustard seed uh, story is very very true that that's you only need the little bit of faith and, and count on God for the rest and and if you're if you're constantly waiting for you know, that day when it just comes along and bang, you're now 100-0. I, I don't think that day is coming for the vast majority of us, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. Right, right. And that kind of dovetails into our last question as we wrap up, Paul and I. Uh, just personally, I really appreciate you taking the time to sit down with us. Um, what would you say to that person that is right on faith's edge, about to make that choice to believe or not to believe in God? Well, I think the uh, you, you've got to you have to take the plunge. And the fact is that if you're right on the edge, 
then that means you're looking. That means you're seeking. That's all you need. God does the rest. Just just let it go and stop waiting for some piece of evidence. It's the in, in one of our our early movies called Revelation, I, I had written a scene where where the lead character it was Jeff Fahey. I don't know if you remember who he is, but uh, but he's a good actor. Um, I, I had written a scene where he's challenging God. Just just knock over this glass of water, God. That's all I'm asking you to do. I, you don't have to cure cancer. You don't have to part the Red Sea. Knock over this little glass of water here, and I'm in. I, I'm on board. And I, I think we all go through that at some point. And and even when you're you're prayerfully seeking at the beginning, but you you still haven't made a commitment. Everybody wants that glass of water. Everybody wants that uh, that lightning bolt, the burning bush, and uh, and, walk and on it water. does it doesn't come. <laughs> and, uh, and so you you just have to recognize that that's not that's not coming don't don't sit and wait on that it doesn't work that way it doesn't work on that way once you make your commitment then you're going to see god acting in your life you're going to see ha- things happen that you know are of god but it doesn't come beforehand don't don't put the lord god to the test and and the fact is that's that's the commitment you have to make in your own heart and you only have to go 1 inch in the right direction, and and God will come the other thousand miles. But ju- just go that one inch and be happy with that one inch and accept that. And and I would say to people, don't expect the lightning bolt even after you've taken that one step. Just go and know that you did. Know that God knows that you did, and and He's in. I don't think we can say anything more than that, Paul. Thank you so much for being with us today. The movie is left behind in 1,800 theaters across North America, opening on October 3rd. Paul, I cannot wait, brother. This is going to be a good one. Well, thank you. It's been a a great pleasure being here. Thank you, my friend. God bless you. Thank you. The Left Behind movie was just released on October 3rd, so about a week ago, uh, or so from the release of this show. Uh, the movie can be seen in theaters nationwide, and all of the early reviews, like I said, uh, show that it's really, really good. I've not yet seen it, to be quite honest with you, but I gotta think this is uh, this is going to be a good movie with the talent of Academy Award winner Nicolas Cage, fueled by the imagination of Paul Lalonde. It's got to be good. Uh, the movie's web link, as well as Paul's information, is in today's show notes at onfaithsedge.com slash 36. That's onfaithsedge.com slash 36. Thank you so much, Paul, for coming onto the show. Uh, I really look forward to seeing seeing your movie. Uh, up next, we catch up with author Deborah Buckingham. Now, Deborah was on the show uh, several weeks back, and, and Deborah's become a friend of mine and a friend of the shows. And uh, I asked her to come on because I found out that uh, her new book, Nourishment, a new devotional, which I am really a fan of, uh, is has just made the brick has just made a brick and mortar release, uh, meaning that it's instead of on Amazon and on um, on her website, it's also available uh, right there in the uh, right there in the bookstores. So let's get right into the conversation with uh, and catch up with Deborah Buckingham. And now I'm welcoming back to the show a good friend of mine and a good friend of the show's author of the new devotional Nourishments, Deborah Buckingham. Hello, Deborah. Hi, Joe. It's so great to be talking to you again. You have some exciting news about uh, about Nourishments. Why don't you tell us that? Well, the exciting news is Nourishments is out 
pretty much everywhere you can buy a Christian book. Um, Lifeway Christian bookstores, Mardell Christian bookstores, a few you know independent little stores have picked it up. And it is available on Amazon and my website as well. But so exciting, Joe. Congratulations. To be out there. So thank you. O- October we're uh, we're we're having we're talking right now in October of 2014 and so uh yes. it was released uh, your brick and mortar release was uh what a couple weeks ago? Uh officially I think it was somewhere at the end of September so it's just now hitting the shelves and um just it's so exciting my friends are sending me pictures and it's so surreal Joe. It's just like wait that that's nourishment. Oh my gosh. I know. I know. Very exciting. exciting. Again, congratulations. Congratulations. Well, uh, our listeners got to know you, Deborah, back in uh, episode 28 at onfaithsedge.com slash 28. If you want to know all about Deborah Buckingham and what, uh, what brought her to uh, this book and what brought her to God and her faith and her family, just go back to onfaithsedge.com slash 28. But let's talk again about nourishments. I, yes. I'll be honest with you, Deborah. Uh, I don't know if you knew this or not, and and you probably heard it if you if you listen to the show. I'm not a fan of devotionals. Typically. Yes, so I I did hear you say that. <laughs> but I yes. I like this devotional. I really really do. And and uh, what I like most about it is a couple things. Uh, it's not dated, which means I can just pick it up and not feel guilty that I'm not following exactly <laughs> the same date. So I can pick it up on. For example, this morning I picked it up on uh, uh, page one thirty-two. It was called "Press On," and uh, oh. I, just, I just love I just love how God God uses situations like this, um, mm-hmm. where it, it just speaks to you at the very moment that that you needed to hear something from God. So "Press On" was was very yeah. appropriate for me this morning. Uh, also, yeah. you have a you have a just a great in the back of the book. What do they call that in the back of the book? A um, the glossary. The, the glossary. And I said this in the last yeah. show. That glossary, yeah. Deborah, is worth the price of the book itself, man. It is outstanding. Just very, very so, good. You know, it's so interesting how many people have mentioned that to me. And the funny thing is I almost didn't put the glossary in, but the teacher in me, I just couldn't sleep at night. And I told my husband, I said, the glossary's going in. <laughs> I, I was just so exhausted from the whole book. I just wanted to finish. And the Holy Spirit just gave me no peace until we completed that glossary. Well, so praise God. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, like I said, the the like we talked about, the book is celebrating its brick and mortar release. Uh, Just give us a brief synopsis of 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 nourishments, Deborah. What uh, what brought you to write the book, and and where where has it uh, where has the book taken you? Well, you know, I, I mentioned this before when we chatted, but writing was never on my bucket list, and I, not even on my radar. I, I teach women's Bible study. I love unpacking the Word. I'm a researcher at heart. I want to know the context in which um, any scripture is given. And um, our family had a, a very dramatic move from urban Southern California to the very quiet wilderness of Wyoming. And my teaching partner from California started encouraging me to write. Um, And my kids were in college, but when they were in 
elementary school, I would always write them little notes that I called nourishment, which was just a, a Bible verse that I personalized to encourage them. And by now I'm emailing them their nourishment because my son was in college. My daughter was getting ready to leave for college and just felt the Holy Spirit um, nudge me to unpack what I was sending them into, you know, a paragraph or two and start journaling. And once I started, Joe, it, the flow just came every single day. I mean, it took me almost two years because when I was teaching, I didn't write very much. But the flow just came in. And um, what's interesting, what you were saying before, that you like this devotional, I've had a lot of positive feedback from men because it isn't really my female perspective. You know, I prayed over every single one that it would be a word from the Lord because His Word stands on its own. And I I just felt called to um pack what his verses were saying. And I think that's why it speaks to you so much because his word is alive and powerful. You know, and, and like I said, that it couldn't be more appropriately titled, uh, nourishments because, uh, when you pick up this book, wherever you want to pick it up, like I said, I just, when I pick it up, I just grab a page and, and, and read yeah. it, uh, as, and let the, let, let, let the Lord speak to me as he sees fit. Uh, but yeah. it's, it's not, it's not, um, it's not heavy. You know, it's yeah. not, it's, it, it's, it's just, it's just appropriate. And like I said, I've never been a fan of, of, of devotionals because they sometimes they, they, they seem heavy or they seem, I don't know, too, um, uh, too commentary like, you know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and, and this yeah. is just, mm-hmm. this is just, mm-hmm. um, it's a really good mm-hmm. devotional, Deborah. It really is. It really well, is. Thank you, Joe. Do, do we have time for me to share one that's just, Really on my heart these days, um, do we have time for me just to share a quick little devotional about, regarding fear? What page are we on? I want to follow yes, with you. We're in, we're in page 21, and the devotional is titled, The Lord to the Rescue. And I won't read all the verses. Um, I, I chose three verses for this, but it starts with Psalm thirty-four, nineteen: The righteous person faces many troubles. But the Lord comes to the rescue each time. And from Psalm 112, 7 and 8, they do not fear bad news. They confidently trust the Lord to care for them. They are confident and fearless and can face their foes triumphantly. And then the devotional reads, God is sovereign. Nothing happens in your world without his knowledge. He is with you, holding your hand. He is mighty to save you and faithful to quiet you with his love. Leave your anxieties and fear at his feet. He is trustworthy. He is looking over you and your loved ones like a good shepherd. Fix your thoughts on his character as revealed by his names. And I just might jump in there and say the names... I do have a section in the beginning of the devotion with the names of God. He is Jehovah Shema, meaning he is always there and ever faithful, loyal, loving, compassionate, and present Abba Father. He is full of mercy and grace. His love covers you. He will always be there to deliver and rescue. This you must not doubt. Trust him. When you begin to fret, will you say, Jesus? I trust you. You can trust the Lord will always come to your rescue. 
And that is a perfect example of why I love this devotional. <laughs> well, Joe, do any of us not have fears? We all have anxieties and fears. So what are we going to do? We need an action plan. The action plan is to say, I trust you, Jesus, and fix our thoughts on him. So the book, uh, the book has been pretty well received, right? Yes. Um, it's, it's doing really well. Um, the feedback has been overwhelmingly positive and what's been so exciting, Joe, is people have messaged me on Facebook or, um, or just got, uh, went to my site and, and mentioned that they have bought it for themselves and then they end up going back to buy it for their family members and their friends. And I think the exciting thing about the nourishments is because it is just straight up God's word, people are buying it for their teenagers and people are buying it for their grandfathers. And it just covers that wide spectrum. If you have a soul, nourishments will feed your soul. So it's, it, it doesn't have the, any restrictions or limitations on, as to who it reaches. Remind us again where we can find it, Deborah. You can find it um, anywhere you buy Christian books on Amazon.com, my website, Nourishments, plural with an S, dot O-R-G, or now in Christian bookstores. How exciting. How exciting. So what's next up for you, Deborah Buckingham? <laughs> well, Joe, the, only the good Lord knows. I am in real prayer about that. Um, he's kind of put something in my heart to write again. So I'm praying over that. Um, next year, I'll probably be teaching a little bit more. I haven't been teaching as much because, as you know, I was on this whirlwind 10-week, 26-state road trip sharing nourishment. So <laughs> so um, I wasn't teaching as much this year. So I think I'll probably be teaching more next year and probably writing again. I'm really happy for you, Deborah. I'm really happy for you. The book is doing uh, very well. Uh, it's a good devotional coming from somebody that, like I said before, doesn't, <laughs> doesn't particularly <laughs> like devotionals. But I like this, uh, this devotional, Nourishments by Deborah Buckingham. God bless, Deborah. God bless you too, Joe. Thanks a lot. Well, that'll wrap up, wrap up today's show. Thank you again to Paul Lalonde and Deborah Buckingham. Of course, thank you for listening today. I really appreciate you being here. You mean a lot to me, and you mean a lot to this show. Remember, God is real, and eternity is now. Let's go out and live like it. God bless. Thank you for listening to On Faith's Edge. You can subscribe to the show via iTunes, Stitcher Internet Radio, or your favorite podcast app on Android, Apple, or Windows devices. To reach out to Joe or leave comments about the show, visit onfaithsedge.com. You're important to us, and we would love to hear from you. 